I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about loving someone with depression. What to do. It's not easy to know what to do. It's not easy to know no. what to do. In fact, I think it's incredibly difficult and confusing on to know what to do because I think oftentimes you feel hopeless and helpless in your ability to help you that person. You can't help the person and that's what feels the hardest. Okay, and overall advice would be tread lightly, whatever it is you decide to do. Okay. All right. So let me talk with you about this article. I think you're going to find this one really helpful if you've yeah. dated somebody oh, sure. that is depressed. And all of us have depressed days, but sometimes it gets worse than that. Sure. Depression builds walls around people and between people. When someone you love has been dragged inside those walls, there can be a distance between you both that feels relentless. You miss them. They're right there beside you, except that they're kind of not. Not in the way you both want to be, anyway. They can withdraw so it doesn't feel like they're present to you. They can be sitting right there with you, but somehow emotionally they're not present with you. And yeah. you miss them. Uh, the symptoms of depression exist on a spectrum. All of them are normal human experience, but in depression they're intensified. Okay. Not everyone who has depression will have a formal diagnosis. So knowing what to watch out for can help to make sense out of the changes you might notice. And you hear people say so-and-so is clinically depressed, meaning that they're depressed enough that a mental health professional would give them a diagnosis of major depression of some kind. Depression looks like a withdrawal. It feels that way too. It's a withdrawal from everything that is enriching and life-giving. Depression sucks the life out of life. That's how it feels. When depression bites, everything becomes hard. Life starts to hurt. Those who are bitten stop looking forward to things that they used to be very fond of doing. And that's one of the most telltale signs that things that used to make these people happy don't make them happy anymore. Yeah. So that when they go to cheer themselves up with the normal things, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, they stop engaging and they stop enjoying things, even the things they used to love. Yeah. They can feel hard to reach and sometimes they can be angry and appear as though they don't care. That isn't because they want to withdraw from you or push you away. They don't, although it can feel like they do. Sure. And one of the overlooked symptoms of depression is irritability. In other words, I'm going to get upset about things that I wouldn't normally get upset about. I was talking with a woman on a Skype call the other day who I've talked with before. And toward the end of the session, I asked her if she were depressed. 
And she said, no, I'm not sad. Do I look sad? I said, no, you seem especially irritable. Okay. So that was the depressive symptom she was giving off. Like I say, I know this woman at least a little, and she isn't normal this, normally this irritable. She was mad at absolutely everybody in her life. Right. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll get back on the medication. Yeah, you do that. Um, depression is never a choice. And we have to fight what is a uniquely American mentality um, that you can just snap out of it if you'll only try. Oh, yeah. Depression is not a choice. You're staying in here to just binge watch C-level movies instead of going out and do something. If you went out and did something, you'd feel much better. No, if I'm depressed, I don't have the energy to go out and do something because energy takes... You know, depression takes your energy away. So if people with depression could be happy, they would be. Depression leaves people feeling as though they've been scooped out with a spoon. It's a hijacking of everything that feels good. The hopelessness, emptiness, and loneliness is relentless. If they knew how to be any other way, they would be. But people act like people choose depression. And I used to work with a very depressed woman who said she had had any number of people tell her that depression doesn't exist. Oh. And she could just snap out of it. Finally, she got angry and, and responded appropriately. It's okay to feel frustrated or angry. The helplessness of loving someone with depression can be frustrating, exhausting, and lonely. Sure. It's okay to feel angry at times or as though you want to throw your hands in the air and walk away. You're human too. And when you love someone with depression, there will be times that you'll be in that arena too. You're fighting a common enemy and it's depression, not the person beside you. Shape up, would you? Snap out of it. Exactly. Try to see through the symptom to the person that you know because they're in there somewhere, okay? Though it probably doesn't feel like it a lot of the times. Right. Um, and I numerous times have told parents that their kids were depressed. Oh, no, he's not depressed. No, he's irritable. That's how kids show it, adolescents show it, and some adults. No, kids get extremely irritable and have headaches and stomach aches. Why do you think that is? Why? Yeah. Why uh, do you think kids get so irritable? Because they have no idea what to do and, and how to feel, and so I think they just end up getting mad because they can't fix it. And... One of our lifetime tasks is to separate our feelings from our body. And kids haven't had as long to do it as we grown-ups have. Not that grown-ups don't. We all have. Um, but kids, um, a quick way to withdraw for a kid is to have a stomach ache and not go to school or have a headache. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's a common way to get your attention. And they're saying they need comfort. But it isn't for the headache or the stomachache. They need somebody to ask them how they're feeling and how come they're sad. I feel like that goes real close with anxiety, too. It does. Oh, it does. Anxiety and depression are definitely first cousins, and they're in frequent contact. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you go to a psychiatrist um, for anxiety or depression, they will give you a medication that's quite well known for the other one. So they're two sides, really, of the same coin. Yeah. Okay? Um, but like I say, we tend to miss it in kids because they get grumpy. Yeah. Um, 
When you love someone with depression, it can feel as though you've lost them for a while. The person you've always known and loved is still there, but they're withdrawn into themselves, away from the pain and hopelessness of it all, not away from you. It just feels like the safest place to be. But it doesn't mean that they won't have you right there with them if they knew how to do that. If they could get to you and be present to you again, they would do that. All right, But they might want to hold your hand instead. And that's when it's really important to be a partner who's got your back. Okay, You're grieving too. Depression steals people. If the depression has been around for long enough, you might feel a sense of grief. Sure. If you need to Missing get... Missing that person. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you're right there. Why aren't you talking to me? If you need to get angry, sad, or fall to your knees some days, that's okay. You're fighting a battle too. Mm -hmm. It's okay to pull back to recharge now and then because you can't keep giving to this depressed person. You, you need a break too. Sure. Um, be kind to yourself and do something that replenishes you. All right? Um, reach out to someone, but don't lean on the person with depression. People with depression already see themselves as a burden, and anything that inflames that mm. might cause them to withdraw even further. Okay? And I, I, worked, I had groups of depressed women for years and years and years. Their least favorite terms were snap out of it. If you went out and did something, you'd feel better. I don't know why you're dwelling on all that negative stuff because I can't get it out of my head. And I don't know why you just don't go out and do this, this, and this because I don't have the energy. We talked about validating that last week. Uh, that would be very important and that's the least validating thing you can say. So validation is very important. Very, very important. I see that you feel, and lots of people deny that they're depressed. Um, I see that you don't seem to have a lot of energy today. No, I don't. For some reason, I just don't have any energy today. That's pretty validating, yeah. okay? Saying, well, you look pretty gloomy this morning. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Just sit there? Don't do that, okay? Because they cannot control it, all right? Um, people with depression won't always have the words and will feel the burden of being with you when they don't know what to say or do. Let them know that you love the version of them too. That you love that version of them too. The one that has nothing to say or plenty to say, but will not say it. Let them know that you're there for them even if they don't want to talk. Silence with someone can be lovely when you're depleted. You don't have to be anyone different to who you are. You don't need to change or pretend to put on a happy face. I love you and I'm here for you. You can sit there and do your knitting, play on your cell phone, do whatever you need to do. Just be there. Okay? And sometimes they don't even want to talk. People with depression are some of the strongest people I've met. They have to be. The pain and hopelessness of depression is immense. And to keep existing day after day under the weight of that takes an almighty fight, fueled by almighty strength and courage. It's not easy to come out of a clinical depression, okay? It takes guts to do it. Yep. What they're doing makes sense. We all have needs we can't give up. They're the big ones, and they're an inescapable part of being human.
We want love, validation, respect, visibility, safety, influence, connection, appreciation, and purpose. You know the ones. When one of those isn't met, the temptation can be to push it down, just depress it and not deal with it. Mm -hmm. Depress it to where it's out of awareness and can't cause trouble. But of course, any symptom, whether physical or emotional, will always cause trouble when it's ignored. Yeah, they're like, feelings are like adolescence, you know, if you ignore them, they escalate. <laughs> it takes the strength of a warrior to keep pushing things down and getting on with life. Eventually, when people have been strong for too long, the amount will crack, the armor will crack. Depression hurts, but it makes sense. It is a creative, adaptive withdrawal from the world that feels painful to be in and totally overwhelming. And not only that, you don't have the energy to fight back. You just don't have mm -hmm. it. Being positive probably won't work. Let me translate that. Don't try to cheer the person up. It'll make them crazy. All right? It would be hard not to. I know. If you see somebody that you love, yep. you know, depressed and sad and upset, it would be very hard not to try and be like, hey, let's go do this today. Look on the bright side. Hey, let's yeah. go do that. Let's Look on the bright side. The Red Sox won. I thought you said the bright side. <laughs> Reframing things positively is generally done with loving intent, but most likely it just won't work. The messages that are sent with love will likely be received as nobody understands. So if you try to cheer somebody up, and they think, you have no idea how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it just doesn't work, so don't even try it. For someone who is being caned by depression, there is no positive. Research has found that people who are already unhappy don't want to be talked to with a glossy view of life. They just want to be understood. What they want to hear is, I see how terrible you feel. Um, the view of reality is shaped by a lifetime of experience, and sometimes the way people see the world is exactly the way the world is for them. Trying to push against this can work against what you're trying to do, and intensify the loneliness and desperation of it all. Reframing things in a positive way is important, but it can't be forced. So if positive is out, what do I do now? Exactly. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. You don't have to fix anything or change anything. If there was a way to do that, they would have done it themselves by now. Instead, acknowledge their pain. That's extremely important. Um, I want this... I know this is really hard for you and validate what they are going through. I know you're hurting. All right? which is most of what people ask, and that's it. Just yeah. acknowledge it. Act like you understand it. And if they get upset and they say, you don't know what I'm going through, you say, you're right. I probably don't, but I can see that you're hurting, and I, I, I see that. And if you want to tell me how you're feeling, I will sit right here, and I will listen. Mm -hmm. this, this is understandable, given what you're going through. Or, I know you're fighting a tough battle right now. Be the one who can be with them without having to change them. This will probably explode your own feelings of helplessness. Absolutely it does. Treating depressed clients can do that too. Um, you do everything that's in the book and they still feel terrible. 
but re reworking things toward a positive angle um, will ease your helplessness, not theirs. That helplessness you're feeling is the bit you're doing together. So is the pain and the confusion of that. That's what makes your love unconditional and your support something extraordinary. What this is saying is if you tune into, an, into um, a depressed partner enough, you're going to feel helpless, which is the helplessness they're feeling. And you're both going to feel helpless that you can't fix it. They now know you miss them and they want to get back to you, but they can't. You want to fix it and you can't, so you just be helpless together. And that helps. It divides the burden. Okay? Try not to let the negative talk go on and on and on and on. It's really important to hear people from where they are. But if the discussion of a negative thought goes on and on and on and starts to feel circular, it's not good for anyone. It's called rumination, and it can make it harder to move through the depression. Talk about it with them for sure, but try to, try to persuade the conversation in a different direction after a while, if you can. It's kind of like what we were talking about, about obsessions. Ruminating is a, is a different way of saying that. That if people keep rehashing the negative things that have made them depressed over and over in a way that seems circular, you want to stop it. Okay, we've talked about the car accident enough times. I'm not sure it's helpful to you anymore, you know. Um, maybe one more time. Maybe, okay, maybe <laughs> one more time. Um, or the unfairness of your boyfriend leaving you after all you did for him, you know. If you're struggling for words, let those be the words. There is no need to gloss it up. Now, I think that's a Canadian phrase. That's not one that we use. I think the lady who wrote this is Canadian. Mm -hmm. There's no need to gloss it up. The truth is that it's hard to know what to say because there's nothing that can take away the pain. Don't worry about saying the right thing. There is no right thing. Instead, say the real thing with love and an open heart. Share what you're feeling because chances are that they're feeling it too. Common ground will shrink the distance between you. You might not be depressed, but chances are you'll be feeling a lot of the things they're feeling. Sadness, confusion, frustration, helplessness, and the greatest wish that you knew how to make, that you knew how to make it better. I wish you weren't in so much pain. I wish I knew how to soften things for you, but I don't know how to do that. What I will do is be here for you as long as it takes. So what she's saying, I think, is a very lovely message. If you don't have any words, say that. I don't know what to say. I know there isn't anything I can say that's going to make you feel better, but I am going to be here for you. I wish I know what I could yeah, say. I that wish would I make you feel knew better. what to say to right. you. I, you know, to yeah. make you feel better, yeah. I think that's an honest place to come from. And that's what she's saying. If you're struggling for words, then those are the words. Mm -hmm. You know, Ask them what you do that doesn't help. And most people do stuff that doesn't help. <laughs> Depression can be different for everyone. You can't be expected to know how to respond. Ask what people need from you and whether there's something they need you to do differently. Be open to the response and don't take it personally. And most people will say, because I've tried this, don't try to cheer me up. Okay, I won't. I will honor your feelings. 
don't ask them what they're depressed about, which is the first thing everybody does because they hope it's not about them. When people are sad, they generally have an idea of why. Mm -hmm. Depression doesn't always work like that. Sometimes people will be aware of what has triggered their depression, but sometimes it won't be obvious. There's always a reason, but it may not be obvious. On paper, people with depression can look as though they have everything to be happy about. They can even believe that themselves. But depression doesn't play by any rules. Like, think of the people who committed suicide relatively recently in American history. Anthony Bourdain, mm -hmm. um, the lady who make the, make, makes the purses, Kate Spade, I think it was. And that wonderful comic, um, Mork from Ork. Robin Williams. Or Robin Williams. Now, there were people who had all the money in the world that they could ever want and looked like life was going great for them. But depression knows no rules. Okay? Yep. Um, Anybody, anywhere. Yeah. It can happen to them. Oh, yes. Try to initiate the things they used to love that depression has stolen. At a time when people need connection the most, depression forces distance. Do everything you can not to let it. Connection and positive feelings strengthen the brain against depression. And exercise can cause the same changes in the brain as antidepressants. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the very nature of depression will hold people back from doing any of these. And the first thing people do when they're depressed is isolate, which of course is the worst thing that you can do. All right. Don't wait for them to feel like doing things. They won't. Their depression won't let them. Mm -hmm. Depression is there to nurture withdrawal. Remember that. It does this by stealing motivation and creating exhaustion. Be tender, gentle, and loving, and reintroduce them to life. Connection and positive feelings. You're, like, you're likely to get resistance, and a lot of it. Know that it isn't personal, and do what you can do anyway. And if people get to the point where for, say, four weeks or more, they can't function and they can't go back to your life, then you want to think about your local clinic, okay? And antidepressants do work. Now, I hate to date myself with Craig right here, <laughs> but I remember when we didn't have them or when they were very limited. And it would take a very, very long time for people to come out of a depression. What we've learned now is that if people get therapy and an antidepressant, they can recover pretty quickly. Whereas we might have been talking two years before, before medication, we might be talking six months now. Okay? So don't let it get so far that the person's life is starting to fall apart. Okay? Before you seek help. Yep. All right. And remember that um, it is not a weakness, and we have a terrible time with that culturally. Um, I can have the most depressed man in the world come in to see me, and if I say to him, Are you depressed, Mr. So-and-so? He says, No. Okay? So I do it back to him, and I say, I'm not either. And most people will laugh at that point. But... It's unmanly to be depressed. It's weak to be depressed. We've all somehow been taught, and that's absolutely not true. Well, I think maybe that origin originated from a time where 
people were barely able to survive. I think you're right. You know, if you yep. were living in the 1800s or the 1700s or whenever. Whenever. And you were barely able to, you know, have food or shelter or yep. whatever. Yeah, a depression maybe right. would leave your family starving. What do you mean you're not going out on the moose hunt today? Yeah. We won't get a share of it. Yeah. Sure. So sure. back then, yep. but we're living in a much different time now where, you know... Life is life a little is a, bit easier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, if somebody is... And here's the other thing. Always tell the depressed person not to beat themselves up. Because nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, depressed people are really down on themselves. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Now, let's talk about this for a minute, Margaret. Let's say you're dating somebody, you're married to somebody who's been depressed for a while. They refuse to get help. They just stay in the depressed state. How much are you supposed to give of yourself before you say, I can't keep staying in this situation because my emotional well-being is being hurt here. I'm not able to live my life. You don't want to get help and I can't keep living like this. Right. And don't wait too long to say that because depression makes people want to do that. Um, and they may get angry at you, but it's okay. If you're a serious partner, you're, you're not going to let your, your love, loved person um, suffer a major illness. And you hear on television all the time, it's a legitimate medical illness. Sure. And you have to make some noise. And sure. you have to set limits and you have to say you have to go for help. But I would think that if you're in that situation, you would have an incredible amount of guilt about leaving them if you had if you felt like this the situation was not improving. well you're farther you're farther down the road than i am but i have known people to have to leave other people who have refused to get help and the thing is with most mental conditions these days we have ways to treat them we have medication to treat them we have treatment programs to treat them so after a while uh, you just can't tolerate it. And it's, you know, you have to get treatment. There is treatment out there. You don't know that there isn't. You don't know it won't work. You know, there's no treatment for that. I know it won't work. No, you don't. Sure. And, until you try, I'm going to make your life uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to do that. <laughs> but if you're really in a committed relationship and you care about this person, you can't let them stay there. Sure. Yeah, you can't. But there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. People people make decisions and people are grown-ups. That's right. If it becomes untenable for you at some point, then you let the person know that. And if they still don't want to do anything, you have to do what you have to do. Sure, because, you know, people yeah. might stay in this state for years yeah. before they get any help. People do. People do stay in this state for years. And one of the tricks is that for whatever reason, and, you know, it depends on how much you know, um then they have lost faith in any kind of treatment helping. Mm -hmm. You know, would you go to the doctor if you had diabetes? Well, of course I would. This is just as serious, and you need to go to the doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with that. Right. I'm just concerned for the people out there, too, that they may stay in a situation where they're getting depressed, they're so unhappy, their partner refuses to get help, and they're, they're feeling so guilty, but at some point 
they have to they look have out to, for themselves yes, too. They do. And I think that's the rule for all of us, that we have to look after our own emotional well-being. Our job in this world is to be the best people we can be. And no one would want to leave a partner behind under those circumstances. And sure. I have heard from many people saying, I kept saying I'd go for help, but I didn't. And then finally he or she left. Well, are you ready to go now? You know? Yeah. I had a guy recently that, you know, was depressed for a long time. And the wife stayed by his side. And then finally he got help and she said, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. And he's like, well, I'm on medication. I'm doing good. The doc and, and she said, well... You know, she asked the psychiatrist, do you think he's going to regress or, you know, do better? And he said, well, obviously, I, there's no way to know, but I suspect he's going to do better. But she still said, you know what? I can't keep doing it this. It was too late. She couldn't believe him anymore. Yeah. So don't wait too long, gang, if you're depressed. Don't wait too long to get help for anything that's wrong. Um, and, you know, if you've promised X number of times and you haven't followed through... Um, well, I'm going back with my husband because he's going to go for help. Has he been there yet? Well, no. Don't go until he's been there three to five times. Yeah. Okay? Uh, because the disease works against it. And usually you find that these people came from a situation where things didn't get fixed and things have never gotten fixed in their lifetime. And um, you can tolerate, when it starts to really in interfere with your well-being, you can't tolerate it. Or you can say, Contact me when you're ready to do something. But until then, I can't do this anymore. Sure. Yeah. It happens Lots to with, think about. It happens with bipolar disorder often, too. And I think the fear is that people are going to be shamed or embarrassed or treated badly by medical personnel. And no one sees it as a weakness. I can assure you again, no one sees it as a weakness. Okay? Do you think that stigma is more put on men than much women? Much more, much more. Women have much more permission to feel weak things like, um, I'm depressed, I don't feel good, my feelings are all over the place. I mean, for years we've been considered hysterical. We're used to it, mm -hmm. you know? So if you think our feelings are all crazy, that's okay. I think it's much harder for men. And that's why I give you the example. You know, are you depressed? No. You know, most men aren't going to tell you they're depressed. Are you irritable? Yeah, I'm really crabby. I just told my boss off this morning, you know. And then I will read to them out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders that it's not a weakness, you know, and we can help you, and it's okay. Yep. Okay. So hopefully you found this helpful. I hope so. Um, did you want to say where you got the article from? I got the article from a website which I believe is Canadian, um, called Hey Sigmund, a reference to Sigmund Freud. That was Dr. Freud's first name, Hey Sigmund. And I've presented a couple of things to you before from this website. I like it very much. Of course, if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret would be an excellent resource for you if you're struggling with depression yeah or your partner was. She's got tremendous experience in that area. So just click on Margaret on the top of the website. She, yep. she can help you out with that. Yes. Um, uh, if you liked the video and what Margaret presented today, put a like on there for her. And that's it for this video. I need to say one more thing. I forgot to say one more thing. 
humor can help. If, if your partner has not lost their humor, that's a good place to start. Absolutely. Humor is a great, yes. great tool. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.